It's like two degrees outside and the heater's broke, amen? I think y'all trying, I think there's a conspiracy theory going on when I preach. You wait, next Sunday everything will be working fine. Everything will be just fine. Now the problem with that is, y'all think y'all going to get out here early because of that, and that ain't happening. Sonia Chittam told me this morning, Sonia's cold, amen, let me just say that. We're getting ready to pray, and I said, has anybody got any, I was trying to be spiritual, I said, has anybody got any special requests? She said, yeah, I'm praying for a short service today. (laughs) Nope, ain't happening. Psalm chapter 100, we do need to pray for preacher today, and if you need a worship guide, raise your hand. Ushers are ready to go. If you need a worship guide, keep them up, and they'll get you a worship guide. Just keep them up. Thank you, ushers, for reminding me of that. Psalm chapter 100. Pray for preacher today. Preaching, I believe Joe said, in Ohio. Is that correct, Joe? So uh, Nathan's already announced candidacy status gained for champion. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm preaching today on Thanksgiving and how to have a heart of Thanksgiving. And boy, that's a good way to start it out by just announcing that. Lord, we are thankful for that. It's so exciting when God answers our prayer. Amen. And uh, in Psalm 100 today, so pray for Brother Eric. I guess he'll be coming home tomorrow. So pray for safety for our pastor as he travels. That would be awesome. Psalm 100, as I prayed about what to preach this morning and began to think about the time of year, it's hard to believe another year is almost gone. Amen? Man, they, it is true. The older you get, man, it just flies by. But uh, we're embarking upon the end of a year and going into Thanksgiving and Christmas and I don't know about y'all, but I, I love that time of year. I do. Y'all love Thanksgiving or Christmas? Some people don't. Some people are Scrooges, amen, let's just say it. But, but I love that time of year. And uh, it's special, especially when you get, I got two grandchildren, and it's like our favorite thing to do. We love getting stuff for our kids. And, and, but man, my, when Emily, you know, smiles at me, it's just like, it's, it's over. Amen. It's kind of like... It's kind of like my daughter, Taylor. I mean, something about them little girls. But And Paxson, our grandson, I can't wait just to spend Christmas Day with them and give to them and love them. And So I love this time of year. But as we think about cultivating the, the message today, cultivating a heart of thanksgiving going into the holiday season, I really want you to, for the next few minutes, think about that. Because we tend to think that being thankful means just saying I'm thankful. Thank you. But what we'll see today is is real thanksgiving. God requires us to do some things. It's not as simple as saying thank you. Now, I'm for that. We need to do that. And unfortunately, we live in a culture where that don't happen anymore. And that's a shame. It shouldn't be named among God's people, though. But but we'll see as, as believers that God teaches us thanksgiving is really a lot deeper than just saying thank you. Now, before we get into God's formula for cultivating this heart of thanksgiving, uh, let me remind you there are some things, this is not in your notes, but there are some things that can rob you of that. As I think about this time of year, number one, if we're not careful, listen church, this is practical stuff, this ain't super spiritual, but this can be a very stressful time of year if we're not careful. The holiday season can be stressful, man, the The hustle and bustle, I think is what they call it. 
I'm not crazy about that part of it. I don't do Black Friday. I'm not against it. I don't think it's a sin if you do it. I just don't do it. Man, I've seen the rampages in stores and people fighting over toys. And I'm like, man, we do that at the house. I don't need to go outside to do that. Amen. But so it can be a stressful time. There can also be financial pressures during this time of year. I remember growing up and seeing my parents. We were poor. And I remember sometimes seeing, I could see the stress. Mom wanted to make sure we had a good Christmas. And we always did. And hallelujah to my mama for that. It can be a hectic time of year, very busy with the parties and the events. So be careful. It can be also as a pastor, the the years I pastored in Mississippi, it was amazing how this time of year, how many people seem to go into depression. I'm not sure the connection of that, but, but many struggle during the holidays. I lost my dad 23 years ago in December, so every December I... I am reminded of that event and how much I loved my dad. And so, but for some people, they really struggle with the holiday season because of a significant loss or an event in their life. So if you're not careful, even as believers, we can allow these things to rob us of maintaining a thankful heart. These things will rob you of gratitude. They will rob you of thankfulness. And that's a dangerous thing for a believer because I'm going to tell you one thing you're going to learn today. If there's one characteristic God expects His children to have, it's gratitude. It's thankfulness. In the book of Ephesians uh, chapter 5, God mentions about ten different sins that are not to be a part of our life. He says they're not to be named among you. And, And He mentions lasciviousness, a lot of wickedness, immorality. And it's like ten things But at the end, the only thing he says that should characterize our life, he says, is the giving of thanks. He didn't say faith. He didn't say some great spirit. He said, giving of thanks. God God looked down and said, if there's one thing that, that should reflect in my people when it comes to them knowing me, they should be grateful. They should be thankful. Don't don't let this stuff rob you of your gratitude this year. As we go into this season, uh, ask God to cultivate a heart of thanksgiving because I got news for you. Being unthankful is not God's plan for His children. It's always been God's plan for His people to be grateful and thankful and to maintain and cultivate a heart of thanksgiving. We will see today where... No matter where you're at, thankfulness, I've discovered in studying God's Word, is a lot like faith. It it can grow in your life. You can become more thankful than you are today. If we're saved, we should be more thankful today than we were last year. This is something that needs to be grown and and cultivated and, and developed in our life. It's not something kids aren't automatically thankful. Amen? It's got to be developed. I mean, you've got you to teach them thankfulness. So let me give you your foundational thoughts real quick. And I'm not good at staying with these things, so y'all bear with me. Number one, genuine thanksgiving is not tied to an event or a date, but an attitude of the heart. An attitude of the heart. 
I'm glad we live in a country that sets aside a date for Thanksgiving. But for the believer, it should be a way of life. It should be a way of life. It should be an attitude of what's on the inside of us, an attitude of the heart. The Bible says in the book of Timothy that in the last days, one of the characteristics of society is they will be unthankful. Well, we have arrived, church. And the problem with that is, if the church is living an unthankful life and there's no difference, I declare to you this morning, as we get into this message, one of the greatest ways you can declare Jesus to our society is to live a grateful life. Because the world's not like that. You'll stand out. Hey, if you're thankful, you'll stand out. You just will. We have a great opportunity to reflect Jesus. Number two in your foundational notes is this. The giving of thanks always produces action and is never passive. It's not passive. We're going to learn today, you can't sit idly by and be thankful. You've got to be involved, man. You've you got to be active. Scripture is going to teach us that today. So, are you thankful today? And I would say most of us, if we were just asked the question, are you a thankful person, most of us would probably say, well, yes, I believe I am. But really the question's a little deeper than that. Is your thanksgiving and your heart of thanksgiving growing? Are you more thankful than you used to be? Is it, is it being cultivated? So what does God tell us? He, he tells us a few things in Psalm 100 on, I believe, how we can cultivate a heart of thanksgiving going into this time of year. Verse 1. It's only five verses. <clears throat> I probably won't even get through the whole message. I will give you the notes, I promise. Because I'm, I'm not good about doing that. But I'm going to give you the notes. I'm going to preach a little bit and then give you notes. Can we do that this morning? Preacher's smooth, man. He, he right in the middle of his preaching, he'll stop and say, let me give you the notes. Man, I can't do that. I've got to finish preaching first. I don't know what it is. So verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. That's everybody, amen? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He, it is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. God gives us some things here that teaches us how to grow with a, in a thankful heart. Now, now, let me say this. This wasn't foundational, but I want to give you something. You, this is kind of funny, too. You don't have, I've learned this, too. I experienced it. You don't have to have a lot of stuff to be thankful. Amen? It's not about your possessions. I grew up poor. I mean, we was poor. How many poor people do we have in the house today growing up that way? There were seven of us, mom and dad. I know I was an unplanned pregnancy because I was number seven. Nobody. <laughs> no. Nobody has six kids and says, let's have another one. Amen? Nobody. I know that. My, my brothers and sisters reminded me, man, we, we, didn't, we didn't even want you, amen? Man, there was already not much to eat, amen? I grew up eating every generic cereal and food you could ever 
How many of y'all grew up eating generic stuff? I never had a Coca-Cola in my life. We had Craigmont Colas. Every cereal in our cupboard was backwards. If it was backwards, it's generic. I, we never had Cocoa Puffs. We had Puffs of Cocoa. Some of y'all had them too. We never had Frosted Flakes. We had Flakes of Frost. White box, black letters. Captain Crunch, my hind leg. We had Private Crisp, amen? I liked it too. It was good. Rice Krispies. Nope, Crisp Rices. But you know what? My mama taught me to be thankful. She did. Man, I, I was thankful for that stuff. I didn't even know better. I didn't, my mama was good because the reason I know that is I was poor, but I didn't know it. Amen? I really didn't. Every picture of me when I'm little, I'm grinning. I'm happy. I'm smiling. My second grade picture, I've got a picture of me in my second grade with a hole in my shirt. You can see my shoulder in my class picture. But I'm grinning. Man, I'm happy. And so what are you saying? I'm saying you ain't got to have a lot of stuff to be thankful. So if you're here today and you say, well, you don't know my situation. I don't have any money or I don't have a lot of stuff. Well, that's out the window. You can still be thankful. Number one. What time is it? It really don't matter, but I'm looking. 11.24. Number one, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Do you want to cultivate a heart of thanksgiving this year? and every day of your life, which is what we're supposed to do, then make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise. This is in context of temple worship. And back in temple worship days, they would gather, and they would come into the temple praising God with timbrels and harps and horns and instruments, and they would be singing as they came in. They, a lot of these psalms are songs. And they would make this joyful noise Unto God. But it's a lot more than just saying, I'm thankful. It's a joyful noise. Let's, let's look at that for just a few minutes today. The very first verse says it starts with a heart of praise for God. It has to be cultivated. It's not easy. Not everyone that is saved is thankful. Not everyone that is saved, hey, makes a joyful noise. The psalmist reminds us it's still a, a focused effort to maintain a heart of thanksgiving. It takes great conscious effort to develop and cultivate a spirit of thankfulness that I want to have and that I want to pass on to my children and my grandchildren. There is nothing worse than an unthankful person. And yet it has crept into the body of believers. Make a joyful... Now we hear that word, make a joyful noise, we usually think about singing, don't we? We tend to think about singing. And some of you are saying, well, I can't sing. And I, I'm not like a lot of preachers. If you, Everyone needs to sing. But if you can't sing, don't join the choir. Amen. Let me just go ahead and say it. Preacher won't say that. I'll say it. And don't join. Everybody should sing, but not everybody should be in the choir. It does say joy. I know it says noise, but it does say joyful noise. Amen. All ye lands. And if you can't sing, you're scared you're in congregational singing. Lip sync, amen. Just, just fake it. Smile, but smile. 
Just act like you're singing and smile. Nobody will know. Make a joyful noise. There, there's something to this. And, and really what I want to teach you this morning is Thanksgiving needs a voice. Thanksgiving needs a voice. It, it needs to be proclaimed. It, it needs to be cl- declared. You can't keep... If you're really thankful, you're going to have to say something. Amen? You're going to have to speak it. You're going to have to say it. God says, make a joyful noise unto me, all ye lands. Everybody's included. Everybody should be thankful. Everybody should be speaking that. Everybody should be voicing that. Thankfulness needs a sounding board. Some of you just need to start talking about God again. Amen? You quit talking about God, you'll be unthankful for long. You just need to start speaking it again. As they would enter the temple and they would be singing and praising and worshiping. Hey, get this now. They did that as they were coming into the tabernacle. See, the problem with us is we, we show up and then we got to get our fix. We show up and then we've got to get, uh, get it right. God help us to start coming into his presence with praise. Amen, church? To start showing up. Hey, with adoration, to start walking into those doors excited about Jesus, to start walking onto this property, hey, happy and excited and making a joyful noise unto God. We've got to speak it. It's got to be a sounding board for it. It can't just happen. Some of y'all just need to start talking about God again. Seven times in the book of Psalms, seven times... When God repeats something, it's for a a point of emphasis. Seven different times in the book of Psalms, we're commanded to make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. God wants to hear us be joyful and praising and not complaining, not griping. Hey, not gossiping, not coming in with negativity. Where's the church today that'll rise up and say, Lord, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to make a joyful noise unto God. Thankfulness needs a voice. It needs a believer that will proclaim his goodness and his power. Say a word for the Lord. Some of y'all just need to say a word for God. The thing you needed out of this message today is, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to start saying a word for God. And I'm going to come in next Sunday, and I'm not going to wait to get here to get my fix I'm going to be prepared, amen? I'm going to be a prepared worshiper. I'm going to get in the Bible. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to praise Him and love Him. I'm going to get excited. No matter what I'm going through or how little I have, I'm walking in with a heart of thanksgiving. It'll change our church. Say a word for the Lord. In Psalm chapter 32, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it for you. David says this, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile. David said this, when I kept silent, when I was backslidden, when I was depressed, David said when I faltered, when I fell into sin, when I kept silent, he said my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. Some of y'all have been silent. You quit praising him. You quit talking about him. And your bones are waxing old. I'm telling you, church, praise and thankfulness and adoration is life to the believer. 
Some of you need some new spiritual energy. You're saved. Hey, you're saved, but you're not excited anymore. You're saved, but you're, you're not, hey, you're not making a joyful noise anymore. You're making a negative noise. You're saved, but, but you're complaining. David said, when I kept silent, a man after God's own heart said, when I kept silent, my bones waxed old. Some of y'all need to get a renewed amount of spiritual energy today by saying, I'm going to praise him. I'm going I'm to give him this joyful noise. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to say it. Hey, we, we shouldn't be able to keep it in. It should come out of us. You can't be silent and be thankful. You got to say something. Amen. Some of y'all need to make a joyful noise. He said, my bones waxed old. If we quit praising him, we'll dry up. If we quit talking about him, church, we'll lose our stamina spiritually. If we quit, if we quit sharing our faith, we'll lose our energy. Thankfulness must be spoken. Your, your notes under number one is thankfulness must be spoken. Number one. Got to say it. Got to say it. Three ways in your notes, three ways uh, that give thanksgiving a voice. Number one is through singing. Through singing. Some of y'all need to sing. I don't know how anybody just stands during the worship time and never participates. Even if you can't sing, fake it. Amen, I'm serious. That's funny, but, but I mean that. Act like you're glad. Sometimes you've got to fake it, amen, unless you say it. I've had to before. We're not always on top side. But, but hey, be careful about that thing. Through singing, through praying. Number two. You give a voice to thanksgiving through your prayers. We'll see that in just a few minutes. And through sharing. The last point under number one is this. Thankfulness must be proclaimed or we will dry up and lose our spiritual energy. Maybe you're here today and your spiritual energy is waning. Maybe you didn't even really want to come. Hey, maybe you need to be thankful. Amen. So I'm telling you, when you're thankful, man, you can't wait to get here. Hey, when you're thankful, you can't wait to be involved. When you're thankful, hey, there's just something about it. And, and it's cultivated. It doesn't happen automatically. Hey, the, the, the message today really, church, is we've got to cultivate this stuff. We've got to work on it. Amen. It's not just going to happen. And we need to teach this to our children. That... that Making a joyful noise unto the Lord is not just singing. It's not just praying. It includes those things. But, but the purpose of that is so that we will remain thankful to God. Number two. So how do we cultivate this heart of thanksgiving? Number one, we do it with a joyful noise. Number two, we, we do it by verse two. Verse two says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence. With singing. So number two, we we serve with gladness. That's your second point in your outline. We serve with gladness. Now when he says to make a joyful noise, and then he says to serve with gladness, we are the understood subject. It's a command, is my point. It's not a request, Amen. There's a difference between a request and a command. 
God is commanding us. This is not an option. Make a joyful noise. Serve me with gladness. These are commands. So when we're not doing it, we're being disobedient. We're really living disobedient lives. And disobedience is another thing that would rob you of your gratitude. If we're not serving, we're being disobedient. And and if we're not serving, we're probably not thankful. Thankfulness, as I mentioned earlier, drives us to action. He said to serve, to serve with gladness. He doesn't just tell us what to do. He tells us how to do it. It, it, It's not just enough to serve God. We're supposed to do it. I think attitude's important to God, amen? Every time God gives us directions or commands, he also tells us how. And so our attitude, if you study the spiritual gifts, every one of them have an adjective with them. He describes how. He, he lets us know that our attitude towards that is very important to him. It's not enough to serve God, church. Some of you out of duty, you say, I'm doing my job. I'm putting in my time. I'm doing it, preacher. Hey, you ain't talking to me this morning. Hey, if you're not doing it with a willing heart, you're not doing it right. If you're not doing it with gladness, you're not doing it right. Some of y'all need to serve and some of y'all need to start serving with gladness. Because you want to, amen? There's a difference if you want to than if you have to, amen? My daddy told me one time when I was about 12 years old, he was, it wasn't a request either, amen? He was kind of like God. He said, I want that grass, cut that grass before I get home today. That's how he said it. It was a commandment. And I didn't want to do it. So I didn't do it. Y'all know what happened when my daddy got home. Y'all know my daddy. My daddy was born during the Great Depression. He didn't have no sympathy for anybody, including me, his kid. My daddy cut his own wisdom teeth out with a razor blade. This dude, everybody says I got the meanest daddy. I had the baddest daddy in the world, I'm going to tell you. And my daddy whipped me when I got home. You know what? I wanted to mow the grass in. Man, I wanted to do it. You couldn't stop me from mowing the grass that day. I'd run over you. I'd mow you. There's a difference when you want to do something. I wanted to do it. And I think about God, help me to want to do things. Not to have to be talked into it or pressured. or The preacher shouldn't have to sell me on serving. Man, we ought to be beating his door down. How can I serve, preacher? What can I do? What can, how can I get involved? Thankfulness requires you to get involved. You ain't involved. Sorry, according to the word of God, you're not thankful. Deuteronomy eleven thirteen says, And it comes to pass that if, she, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart, and all your soul. Joshua 24, 15, Joshua says, If it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You've got to make a decision. And hey, I get this stuff. Our kids have to grow up and have their own relationship with God. But he does teach us in that verse, you can let your kids know Hey, if you grow up and decide to go against God, that's your choice. You, you need your own walk with God. But he did say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. So we let our kids know real quick, hey, 
Y'all come visit on the weekend, fine. We love you. But we're going to church on Sunday. Hope you join us. As for me and my house, that's what we do. I, I do think we have to make a, a declaration there sometimes. Hebrews 9, 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God? We've got to serve with gladness. It's more than coming to church. It's about being involved. Where do you need to get involved today, church? Some of y'all need to get involved. Maybe it starts with a small group. Could I encourage you today to do a little small group commercial? If you're not in a small group, man, you need one. We share life in my small group. I mean, we do. We've got 15 to 20 that come every Sunday. We pray together. We, we keep our prayer requests confidential. We just right there with each other, sharing life. And we've shared some personal things. And we love each other. And we talk. And I promise you, I'm not in charge of that thing. I'm just a facilitator. There's some, there's some vocal people in my group, amen? They speak out. I mean, they're vocal. I just kind of facilitate the thing. And they're, sometimes they're hard. We don't pray for people that go on vacation. Amen? Say, hey, pray for us. We're going to the beach. Sorry. We, we, we got other things to pray about. Amen. So don't join my small group if you want prayers when you go to the beach. Ain't happening. We'll pray for safety as you travel. But I don't know how you say, Lord, bless them on the beach. I don't know how you say that. Amen. And I love the beach. But ain't nobody going to pray for me when I go. Not my small group. Maybe you need to get involved, church. Hey, what about a nursery worker? What about an usher? There's something for you to do at Gospel Light. And the preacher should not have to hustle and, and sell and, and try to talk people into serving God. What's wrong with us? We should be beckoning, preacher, what can I do? How can I serve? When we volunteer willingly and with gladness, what we're saying is, I'm thankful to be saved. I'm thankful to be a child of God. I'm thankful to be a part of gospel light. How can I serve, preacher? Do it willingly and with gladness. Some of y'all, listen to me. I'm going to give you a quick commercial for CR. Some of y'all need to come to CR on Friday night. Once a month. Come one Friday a month, you'll come back. Celebrate recovery. Because we've got a misconception that that's for people with addictions. Yeah, like drugs and alcohol and anger and envy. See, we all really are celebrating recovery, amen? See, I've learned, I'm going to tell you, as a, as a father with a son in eight years of drug addiction, I've learned to have compassion on that crowd. You know what God told me? He said, one of the reasons, hey, you're going through this is you weren't compassionate to that crowd before. I was all about, hey, you made your own choices. you got to live with your choices, Hoss. But i got more compassion for that crowd now. As a daddy, I'm telling you, I'm compassionate now. And they love each other, too. They support each other. I get to pray with them every Friday night, and they're winning. 
and they're gaining victory and they're growing and they're starting to give to the offering and they know God in a deeper way today. They're, they're celebrating recovery and, and some of y'all have sat back a year and a half and God's been telling you, you need to get involved. I'm telling you, you need to get involved. And if you do, one of the things that will happen is you'll be more thankful than you are today. Britt's here every week. She knows. You'll be thankful. You'll be thankful. Maybe that's, I don't know if that's for you or not, but it was for somebody. Do it willingly. Do it with gladness. Your notes for number two. What time is it? Don't matter, but I'm just looking. Amen? Serve with gladness. Thankfulness demands that we get involved and serve with a glad heart. Second point. The church is a body and will only reach its potential if the whole body is serving. Don't miss that one. I think preacher preached a couple of years ago about the body. Everybody is somebody in the body. Amen? That was a great series if you missed that. And, and he talked about he talked about this. He talked about how everybody at Gospelite is important. Amen? Everyone's important. And God has a purpose for you being here. You're part of the body. And you've got a reason to be here, a reason, and it's not just to sit. And our church, hey, like it or not, we got a great senior pastor. But like it or not, hey, we're not going to reach our potential just because he's doing his job. You got to do yours too, amen? I got to do mine. You got to be involved. Every person in this church that's not involved is, is hindering us from reaching our potential. And we love you. I'm not asking you to leave. I'm telling you this morning that, that God wants you to serve. He wants you to do something. He wants you to say a, make a joyful noise. He wants you to serve with, with gladness. He wants you to, to be involved. What is it that God's dealing with you about? Don't wait. What are you waiting for? Just get involved and serve and do it with gladness. Number three, verse three. We'll go through these real quickly. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. You want to be thankful? You want to cultivate this heart of gratitude and a lifestyle and not just something you celebrate in November? Well, make a joyful noise, serve with gladness, and know the Lord. Know the Lord. Now, listen, church. That's not just talking about knowing Him as Savior. I'm telling you, one of the things I've learned is God wants us to know Him in a deeper way than just salvation. Some of y'all need to take it to a new level in your relationship with God. You need to know Him in a deeper way. God's used my son's addiction to draw me into those deep waters. Well, I didn't think I was going to make it. I, I didn't think I thought I was going to drown. I was angry. I, I was doubting. My faith was shallow. God drew me into those waters and, and, and taught me I could depend on Him, even going through that, how I could trust Him. God taught me that He's got a purpose and a reason. He, he never desired for my son to fall into that, but now that he's in it, God said, hey, I'm going to use it for your good. I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to draw you into a deeper walk. 
I'm going to grow you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to grow your faith. And you're going to be more thankful when I do. God wants you to know him in a deeper way because when you know him like I know him, you'll be more thankful. You'll be more thankful. Know the Lord. That word know in the Hebrew means to acknowledge or remember. God says this. Hey, next time you start getting unthankful, just remember what I've done for you. It ain't going to take you long. If you start remembering what God's done for you, you'll be thankful again. Amen? You will be. I look at my own life growing up there and alcoholism was rampant in both sides of my family and parties on Saturday night and, and I grew up in that and, and God saved my parents and my brother and one by one we came to the knowledge of Jesus and it don't take me long till I realize God brought me out of that and, and gave my life meaning and purpose. He, hey, he gave me understanding. I, I know I've got a plan now and, and my life has real meaning and it don't take me long. I can know him deeper and I'm more thankful. Some of y'all just need to remember what God's already done for you. You'll be thankful again. We'll be more thankful if we remember. Acknowledge. Know the Lord. It's more than just saying you're saved. Some of y'all like me, you can remember after I got out of high school living in rebellion and, and really not living for God and getting out of church and, and doing what I wanted to do. Amen? A lot of young men go through that. Well, I'm a grown man now. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to join the army. Amen. That's my favorite one. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to join the military. Well, Hoss, you just lost that attitude. Amen. That's over. I went through that. I graduated Christian school. And I said, I'm going to do what I want to do. It wasn't long. I was miserable. Why? Because that verse tells us it is he that hath made us. And not we ourselves. God didn't make you for you. Amen? He made you for Him. Revelation teaches us, Hey, and for thy glory we were created. God made you to glorify Him and to celebrate Him. He didn't make you for you. And that's something we could teach our kids. It'd be a good thing to teach them. Know Him in a deeper way, church. Acknowledge Him. Know Him in a deeper way, and you will be more thankful. Remember, we're not our own. Remember, we've been bought with a price. Amen? He said, we're His people. He said in that verse, we're the sheep of His pastor. God said, I own you. You're my, you're my sheep. And I love that about God because He teaches us, aren't you thankful that God don't give up on us and don't quit on us? He's long-suffering. Hey, I'm thankful for that because that... That means that long-suffering just means he puts up with us, amen, for a long time. Hey, when we rebel, he just keeps loving us, don't he? We go against him, he just keeps on loving us. I'm glad because I'm not this way. Through this problem with our son, who, praise the Lord, is, is at Shalom Men's Center right now, sober and doing well. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I know he's been there before, but I'm thankful for where he is today, amen? But listen to me. I'm thankful that I'm not God because my whole deal is, hey, the sheep of his pastor. I'm going to protect my wife and my other three children. This, this is my pastor. But God said this. I'll leave that 
and I'll go after the one lost sheep, amen? I'll go after the one that rebelled against me, the one that turned from me, the one that turned on everything you taught him. I'm not going to give up on him. I'm going to be long-suffering on him. And when God finally reaches my son, he's going to be thankful. I know that. And I am too. Thankful. you got to know him. you got to know him. God's got, boy, God's got a lot invested in us, church. He saved us. His son's blood was shed for us. He's got a lot invested in me. And we are not our own. God help us today if we think we are our own. We're not our own. God gives us great value and purpose. And as we know him deeper and we begin to mature spiritually and grow and know him in a deeper way, we become more grateful. Let me give you your notes on number three and we'll hustle through these last couple of things. Know the Lord. Your first point is take time to remember that we are not our own, but have been purchased at a great price. A lot of Christians just mess up when they start living their life like it's their life. And it's not. You belong to God. Number two, we are His sheep. He references this in this verse. And He is our shepherd who is very attentive and gives us great value. If you study shepherds, you'll learn real fast that shepherds are very attentive. They pay attention to the details of their flock. Boy, isn't it exciting to think how God pays attention to the details of our life? The little things God does. He's our shepherd. And then your last point is this. Learn to be thankful for spiritual things that don't change and not just the carnal things that change. What's crept into the church today is we, we talk about how thankful we are for carnal. And we should be. We should be thankful for our our needs that are met, for a a home to live in, a car. We should express gratitude. But I think God really wants us to look a little deeper and learn to be thankful for things that don't change, like Jesus. Amen? Aren't you glad that our God don't change? Like salvation, like His love. See, if you're thankful for things that don't change, when you lose your material stuff, you'll still be thankful. Still be thankful. But if the only thing you're thankful for is the things you have, that comes and goes. Be thankful for stuff that don't change. I am the Lord your God and I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm thankful that my Savior is constant. Amen? He's a rock. He don't change even though we do. Man, we're up and down, hot and cold, happy and grumpy. But boy, Jesus is just steady thankful for that. Number four, we'll hurry. How do we cultivate a heart of thanksgiving, a spirit of thanksgiving? Number four, it says to enter into his gates. Enter into his gates. The emphasis is on coming into his presence with the right attitude. Again, we see the importance of attitude with God. The right spirit, the right attitude. And emphasis, again, as they, as they came into temple worship, praising and singing 
and playing the instruments. Do we do that? And I understand sometimes you may come into church broken or hurting. That's life. But overall, God help us to learn to come into his presence with worship and adoration and praise and thankfulness. I believe pastors today spend way too much time just trying to motivate Christians. Something wrong with that. We'll never reach the lost if the saved aren't thankful. Philippians says this. You say, well, Brother Butch, you don't know what I'm going through. Philippians says this. Be careful for nothing but with thanksgiving in everything. Give thanks to God. Let your requests be made known unto God. doesn't say to give thanks for everything. It says to give thanks in everything. God's teaching us there that no matter what you're going through, He still expects us to be thankful while we're in it. If we're only thankful, church, when everything's good in our life, that's not very strong. God has taught me in our son's addiction to go from anger and disappointment and judgment to mercy and compassion and thankfulness. Only He can do that. Amen? I don't know where you're at in that. Maybe that one was for you. Enter into his gates. And, number, and your notes for that are this. I don't think I gave that to you. Learn to have the right attitude when coming into his presence at church or in prayer. And I, I, I reference in prayer because back then where the context is, is temple worship. The Bible says today we're the temple, Amen. And so when we enter into prayer, we need to have that same attitude. And your second point is this. An attitude of thanksgiving and praise will cause us to bless His name. That's what the verse says. We'll bless His name. We won't come in complacent. We won't come in despondent. Man, we'll come in and bless His name. We'll be excited, amen? And your last point on that is this. There's a strong connection between joy and thankfulness. Those things go together. Those things go together. If you want to have joy in your life, be thankful. If you're not thankful, I think there's a slim chance of you having any joy in your life. People that I've counseled that are unthankful, one of the first things they tell me, I just don't have any joy in my life. I'll ask them. Are you thankful? That's, if you're here today with no joy, just ask yourself, am I thankful today for God, for what He's done, for who He is? Am I really grateful today? Because if I am, I'm going to make a joyful noise, church. If I am, I'm going to serve Him with gladness. If I am, I'm going to want to know Him in a deeper way, even if that means to go through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to want to know Him so that I'll be even more thankful I'll entreat, I'll come into his presence with thanksgiving. Why? Why? Why, preacher? Because verse 5 says this. For the Lord is good. Amen? That's why. Because he's good. I like that. 
I like that song Joe and them sing, He's a Good, Good Father. Amen? I want my kids to sing that to me one day. Amen? <laughs> good, good father. To ya, to ya. I love that. I'm just teasing. Don't get religious on me. Amen? I love that. Why? Because he's good, church. We ought to be thankful and, and make that joyful noise and serve with gladness and know him in a deeper way because he's a good God. He's a good father. If you're not thankful today, you probably forgot how good God is. What about it? Last thing we'll say this morning. It's amazing. He said his mercy is everlasting. He said he's good. And then he said his mercy is everlasting. You know why it said that? Didn't say grace, did it? See, you've got to have mercy before you can have grace. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. When my daddy would not spank me when I deserved one, that was mercy. Amen? And in your notes, it says this, Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Just as a reminder, we deserve hell because we're all sinners. And God said in his mercy, hey, when the rich man died and went to hell, he didn't ask for grace. You know the first thing he cried out for? Have mercy on me because he was getting what he deserved. Grace is getting what you don't deserve, heaven and Jesus. But you don't get grace until you accept mercy. And God said, hey, I'm a good father. Why? Because I showed you mercy. I gave you something you didn't. Hey, you're not getting what you deserve. I'm glad I don't get what I deserve. Amen. I'll just say that today. I hear people all the time. Well, I just want what's coming to me. No, you don't. Amen. No, you don't. No, I'm glad for God's mercy. He's a good, good father. Hey, church, we're fixing to go into this holiday season, and I want to challenge you to cultivate a heart of thankfulness, of thanksgiving by making a joyful noise, serving with gladness and knowing God. Your points under that are there would be no grace. Did y'all get them all? And then the last one is thankfulness can be cultivated into a heritage that will affect our children and our grandchildren. The last phrase in that chapter says, His truth and these truths endureth to all generations. Hey, let me remind you something, Mom and Dad. Not every time, but most of the time, unthankful parents have unthankful kids. You want to do something for your kids? There's something greater than buying them all the things this world has to offer. Live a thankful life in front of them. Demonstrate to your children what gratitude is. And thankfulness is. God says it endures to all generations. Every head bowed and every eye closed.